Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Thanks to Blossom and Root for supporting today's episode of Elevating Motherhood. Blossom and Root is the homeschool curriculum my family uses and loves. We are all very excited to dive into first grade, kindergarten, and pre-K this year using Blossom and Root's secular, nature-based, Charlotte Mason-inspired lessons as a guide. Blossom and Root has been supporting homeschool families for years. Their current lineup of awesome options includes curricula for the early years, starting at age two, all the way to fourth grade with more grade levels and resources being released each year. They also have awesome add-on options like their book seeds and their history curriculum, A River of Voices, The History of the United States. These are incredible and affordable additions to any homeschool curriculum or for parents who just want to learn more alongside their kids, whatever their education path. Blossom and Root has generously offered a discount code for Elevating Motherhood listeners. Use the code LORIBETH10, L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-1-0 for 10% off your online purchase. Visit elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool for more information about Blossom and Root. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool. If you are wanting to start your homeschool journey feeling resourced and confident, my online course, Homeschool Explained, is for you. I used to teach in-person workshops here on the island of Maui to parents who wanted to start homeschooling but weren't sure where to begin. I took that in-person workshop and turned it into an online resource for you. I put over 10 years of homeschool experience into a three-hour video that you can start and stop at your own convenience. I go over the most common questions I've gotten from parents and workshop attendees over the years and share with you about all the things curriculum, homeschool styles, when to start, subjects to teach, planning, schedules, cost, state laws, umbrella schools, testing, record keeping, community, socialization, and more. My goal was to overshare so that when you finish the course, you will feel resourced and ready to go. Head to elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool for more information about Homeschool Explained. Or if you are ready to enroll today, head to homeschoolexplained.com. Second generation homeschool mom, Greta Eskridge, is here with us today to tell us all about her new book, Adventuring Together. And it's not only an awesome resource for homeschool families, but all families. Adventuring Together becomes an art, a simple space for connection and fun, and is totally doable when viewed through the lovely lens that Greta offers us in this episode and her book. 
This book is for all families. This episode is for all families, whether you consider yourself a high adventure person, adventure weary, or if a trip to the store with toddlers is probably all the adventure you can handle in this season. This book, this episode is for you. Greta shares so much about how to engage with our children, embrace the new and make our adventures a positive learning experience. Greta Eskridge is a nature lover, book reader, and coffee drinker, a woman after my own heart. She craves relationship and loves having adventures. Greta is a homeschooling mom of four, a wife of 22 years to Aaron. Hey, way to go, guys. And an author and speaker. I am so ecstatic to introduce you to the lovely Greta Eskridge. Aloha, Greta. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am thrilled to be with you. Thanks for having me. Mm, I read your book or listened to it, actually. And funny enough, at the end of your book, you actually talk about how much you love audiobooks. And as I was listening to your audiobook, and that was kind of a cool moment. That is. I love that. I do love audiobooks. I am a huge (laughs) fan. Mm, Me too. Me too. Well, before we get started talking about your awesome book, I'd like for listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Something cool about you. You are a second generation homeschooler. And I'm wondering if you could please share a little bit about both of your homeschool journeys, yours from when you were a kid, and then your family is now. Oh, yes, I'd love to. Um, I was homeschooled in the 80s when there weren't very many of us being homeschooled. In fact, when my parents decided to homeschool, my younger brother and I, there were, well, in our town that we knew of, we lived in a small town, but but we only knew one other family that was homeschooling. And so um, it definitely wasn't the norm. And I would say that the first year of homeschooling was tough. We had been going to a private Christian school, but our family could no longer afford the tuition. And my parents didn't want to put us in public school because my older brother and sister had gone through public school and um, it had, had not been a great experience. So their first option was to put us in private school, which we did until I was finished third grade. And then that year they said, we can't do it anymore. We're going to try this homeschooling. And it was, um, that first year was rough. It was a big transition. You know, we, all of our friends were at school and we were home. My mom suddenly became not just a full-time stay-at-home mom. She became a homeschooling mom. Um, She was a lot more nervous about it than my dad. My dad and I share the same personality, which is very optimistic and uh, kind of the let's just jump in and it'll all work out later. Like it's going to be fine. (laughs) And my mom is more of the, let's think about this. Let's take measured steps. And so my dad was her huge cheerleader, but she was more nervous. And to be fair, she was the one who was doing homeschooling because my dad was working. But after we got through that first year, which was a, a rough transition and we struggled but after we got through that first year, we stuck with it and we loved it. And I loved homeschooling so much that by the time I was, you know, probably 13, I had already decided I would homeschool my kids when I had them. And um, funny story, when I met my husband and we started dating, I was 18 
And I told him after just a few dates, like maybe two, I said, oh, well, by the way, when I have children, I will be homeschooling them. So if you're not a fan of homeschooling or you're not on board with that, probably we shouldn't continue dating. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I was definitely on board with homeschooling. It was, um, it was something I was so excited about. He said, yes. Um, I found out later, of course, that he was mostly saying yes because he wanted to keep dating and homeschooling seemed like a very far off reality. But, um, you know, a few years later, we were married. And then a few years after that, we had kids and um, we homeschooled. So in between, I taught public high school for five years and I absolutely loved it. I was an English teacher and I taught ninth graders and 12th graders and um, it was wonderful, but it solidified the, the idea that I would homeschool when I had my own kids simply because I recognized my limitations as a teacher to meet the needs of all my students. And I knew having a lot less students, I could give my kids a more personalized experience as their teacher um, because there would be, you know, four <laughs> I didn't know I was going to have four, but there would be a lot less than the 150 students I had as a high school teacher. But also, I really knew that I wanted to spend a lot of time with my kids. And so homeschooling for me um, was was important for two reasons. I love the idea of giving my kids a personalized experience in their education to be able to take more time to learn a subject if they need more time to be able to go fast if they need to, um, to have the freedom and the flexibility that homeschools homeschool offers. All of those things were so important to me that really individualized, personalized experience in education is such a beautiful part of homeschooling. And I wanted that for my kids. I cherished it myself growing up being homeschooled. I wanted to give it to my kids as well. But the other part for me was the opportunity to spend a lot of time with my kids. I loved that relationship that developed between my mom and I and my dad and I growing up being homeschooled. The time together is precious and it has had a lifelong impact on me. But I also, I wanted it for my kids because it was so positive for me. I wanted to be able to offer it to my children and to be able to experience it with my kids to now be the one who's the parent experiencing it with my own children. So those were the two compelling reasons that pushed me to homeschool my own kids. And they've never been in any sort of traditional schooling. They've been homeschooled from the very start. And my oldest is now 16. He's in high school and um, we're going to go all the way through. So I'm, I'm sold on it. I love homeschooling. It's been a fantastic experience for me as a student and now as a teacher. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So interesting, all the points you brought up. Um, I love that you mentioned that, you know, the first year of you as a child, your homeschool journey was a little bit rough because I think that that is the case for a lot of us. If I look back to the first year that I was homeschooling someone else's kids, was it rough? It was um, bumpy. It happened and the kids learned and I learned But there was some bumpiness to the path. It wasn't smooth sailing. And now years later, with all of that experience under my belt, it does get easier and easier. We still have bumpy days, but 
I think that the heart of homeschool um, has really found its home in our home. And that's where I teach from. And that's where I try to parent from too. So I know what you mean about wanting to spend time with your kids and to have those adventures and the deep learning and the, you know, designed by design pace, I guess, you know, where we can speed up or slow down or take a break or jet off on an adventure, you know, at any point. So I love that you talked about all of that. And it seems like it's kind of come full circle for you because when you're like, now I get the chance to be their teacher. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) so good. (laughs) I'm glad for you and your family. Yeah, it really is very special. And I, the more I do it now, I think another, I'm just getting like emotional thinking about it, but um, I, I have such a respect and admiration for my mom um, because sorry, mm-hmm. I'm totally crying. <laughs> um, it's okay. I cried I, yesterday on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's so beautiful because I, of course, as a child, I had no idea how, hard it must have been for her you know because now when we homeschool we have so much we have so much available to us there's so many resources in fact it can be overwhelming because there are so many resources and there's podcasts to listen to and there's instagram accounts to follow and there's conferences to go to and but you know people have curriculum designed and classes you can take so you you're like oh i know i can't teach this to my kids somebody else can and co-ops and there's just so much available to us as homeschoolers. But when we were being homeschooled, there was, you know, there was nothing. There was some curriculum. There were like two places to get curriculum. And it was just this black and white catalog. And you looked at it and filled out that form in the back and sent in your your order form or you called to place an order for books. And um, they're, they're just, we, there were people who didn't approve and thought my parents were just you know, wrecking our lives by homeschooling us. And, and there was, so there was opposition and, um, and uh, it was such a learning curve for her. And um, I'm sure it felt isolating and scary sometimes, um, which it still can feel like that for us now. But um, I really want to encourage any mom who's listening and who is a new homeschooler to think um, that, there were people who had even less available to you and they persevered and um, they did what they felt was best for their kids, even though they weren't sure exactly how to do it all. And they weren't sure if they were doing it all right, but they, they had this conviction in their heart that this was the path that would be best for their children. And, um, and myself and so many of my friends that were homeschooled as well, we're thriving and your kids are going to thrive too. Mm, thank you. And thanks to your mom for being one of those women who went first, you know, that really has paved the path for current generations of homeschoolers. And Greta, quite honestly, you are paving the path for us too with your with your awesome book. I just think that you lay out everything that you're talking about, the simplicity of it and the importance of connection in your book, Adventuring Together. I 
loved it. I loved it. It really spoke to me and made connection with my kids and adventure and pushing myself and stretching myself and stretching my kids and how to keep that long-term vision in line for what I want for my kids, what I want for our relationship, what I want for our homeschool in mind as I was reading it. So you know what, kudos to you too, because you are following in your mom's footsteps and really helping a whole new generation of us. You guys are awesome. I There's something to that second generation stuff. <laughs> well, now I'm crying again. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what I hoped for when I wrote my book. What you said sums it up so perfectly. That was was everything I hoped for. So um, yeah, this is just basically a cry fest uh, podcast today. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. It's the week for it. (laughs) Well, you are so awesome. I didn't mean to make you cry. No, I honestly, um, it's, I'm a crier. Uh, anyone listening yeah. who knows me knows I am a crier, and I do cry with so easily because I, you know, I I feel things uh, deeply, and and it's joy. Often, it's not even crying because I'm sad. A lot of times, I cry because I'm just so touched by something, or I'm so grateful, or I'm just joyful, and I just am like. I'm crying. It's just, it comes out of me. I've been that way since I was a little girl. This is who I am. So Mm -hmm. this is who you get when you have read a podcast. I love that. I love that because you showing up as you gives us permission to show up as ourselves too. And I, I fully support feeling things deeply and living life deeply because it's the same, same for me. And I know that over the years I squelched some of that a little bit or was encouraged to squelch that, but really I, I appreciate people who feel deeply. So, and you showing up as you, I mean, that's you, that's amazing you. And it, like I said, it gives us permission to show up as ourselves too. And there is a lot of joy and that comes along with motherhood. And I think that there isn't a lot of focus on that. It's more like the drudgery and how are we going to get through this and all these kind of negative messages. So when you hear someone who's so moved by motherhood and their journey and inspired and grateful and joyful, it just, it's nice. It's refreshing. So thank you. Well, I, yeah, thanks. I, motherhood is hard for sure. Homeschooling is hard, but, um, I agree with you. There is so much to be joyful about. And, uh, that's, that's really a big part of why I wrote the book adventuring together and why I ever started adventuring with my kids. Because what I found was as a mom with, you know, three little kids being home every day, you know, all the things that we have to do when we've got littles, your potty training, your, your, you know, training for discipline, you're sweeping up crumbs, you're making snacks, you're, you know, trying to run your house and be intentional with your kids and spend time with them. But there's all these other things that are vying for your attention as well. Just the day-to-day life of running a home with little kids. And I found that it was hard for me to focus entirely on my kids. Like, I would was distracted by that to-do list and, you know, the, the, um, even if the, the to-do list was my children, but the things that I had to accomplish with them. And, and I just felt like I really want to have 
a space and a time where it's just dedicated. I'm focusing on them and I'm really um, intentional and there's no distractions. It's just a time where we can just be together and really truly enjoy our time together. And for me, that needed to take place outside of my home, um, away from those, those, um, chores and the, the things that I felt like I had to get done. And so that's why we started, you know, adventuring together every week, because I just wanted to have this solid chunk of time that was just all about them, all about being with them uh, in a place that brought me joy. Because if I'm more joyful, then I share that joy with them. They're more joyful, um, where the only agenda was to just be together and to just explore and experience the world together. And, um, and so that's what sort of catapulted this idea of adventuring together every week. And it it became such an important part of our relationship and our connection and, um, spending time together that it became something we did every single week and we still do together. Um, it was just like, it, it really did bring a lot of joy into motherhood and into building relationship with my kids. Mm-hmm. Your book is about adventure, but I think more than the pragmatics of adventuring, I think that your book is, is a call to connection. And I was hoping you'd be able to talk with us a little bit more about connection and why it's such an important part of um, not only homeschool, but motherhood. Yes, it is a huge part of, um, of the book and, um, really just a part of who I am deep inside. Uh, I always say that adventure is the vehicle, but connection is our, our destination. It's the purpose of why we can, why we're adventuring together. So, um, I am a relational person. I love relationships with people. I love connection. And, um, yet there is a part of me that, that struggles with wanting to get things done to accomplish things, you know, let's check them off a list. And I have to constantly remind myself that people matter more. People matter more than my to-do list. People matter more than a clean house. People matter more than, um, you know, checking everything off of our schoolwork for the day. People matter more. And so that is why I am driven by connection because I want to connect. And um, that is why for me as well, like getting outside of our home and away from that pressing desire I have to get everything done, um, why I have to step away from that and to focus on connection and focus on relationships. Because the other half of, of, the, the story of the book was this desire um, to have a relationship with my kids for the rest of my life. And so I, mm-hmm. I really thought kids were little like, okay, how I don't want to just be close to them when they're small. I don't want them to turn into teenagers and it to be like everybody says, oh, well, they're teenagers now. They don't want to be with you anymore. It's no fun. Teenagers are horrible. I don't want that to be my story. In fact, I want to stay connected through my kids, not just with through the teen years. I don't want to stay connected with them through, you know, young adulthood. I would like to 
have a deep connected relationship for the entirety of my life. And I, I really have experienced that with my own mom and dad. And, um, I believe that's because we spent a lot of intentional time together. Um, it was aided for sure because we were homeschooled. And so we had a lot more time at our disposal to spend together. And I'm so grateful for that. And, um, but also it was intentional time. You know, my dad worked full time. He was extremely busy. Uh, he was the sole supporter of our family because my mom stayed home with us. But when he had time um, away from work, he made sure that the time he spent with us counted. And um, he was intentional about it. And, um, and same with my mom. You know, I remember one of my dearest memories of, of growing up was in the morning, getting in bed with her and, um, we would have a cup of tea and she'd read the paper and I'd read the paper. Uh, I would read the comics and like dear Abby and she'd read, you know, the headlines or whatever she was reading. And it wasn't about like getting right away started on our homeschooling day. It was just about that time of being together. And honestly, I remember those mornings in bed together, just that connecting time far more than I remember how we started every school day. So these are the the themes of connection that are woven through my own life, the struggles that I have, and then what I've done to address those struggles. And um, that then how I've taken those things and, and chosen the path I've chosen with my own kids, and then decided to write a book about it and share with other people, because I'm, I feel pretty certain that a lot of us moms and parents, even we feel that same struggle to connect. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being the voice for other options when it comes to our kids. Cause you're right. I hear that all the time. And for us, we have three girls and people are like, Oh, you just wait until they're teenagers. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to say they can hear you. And so can I. And we love them no matter what age they are. And it really throws people off. But I'm like, they can hear you and I can hear you. And you know what? Your experience isn't my experience. And yes, I'll be eating some humble pie at some point. But my intention is to show up for them at whatever age they are and honor them as the whole person. And you're right, that intention really does matter. And it's not an expectation that I have that we're going to have this awesome BFF relationship when we're all older, because we do have different personalities. But my intention is the long term vision that you're talking about that I want to have a a good relationship with my kids. I don't want to have an obligatory one where they come spend the holidays with me because I'm their mom (laughs) and they feel like they have to, it's that they want to, that we have had these celebrations together over the years and that they really appreciate it. And I kind of see all of these days as drops in the bucket and it may seem small and it may seem like, Oh, just the day we went hiking like yesterday. Um, But that's just a drop in the bucket. And every story that we read at night is a drop in the bucket. And, and so I try to honor the, intention and also honor even the smallest acts and the smallest conversations. Because like you said, you know, remembering those times in the bed, those may seem small in the moment, but they're very meaningful in the long haul. 
Talk with us about adventure. Like, what does adventure mean to you? Because I imagine that some people reading the title and seeing the cover might think, oh my gosh, this means I need to go on a camping trip to the woods and I'm more of a hotel person. That may be me. It's me. (laughs) Yes. And you honestly, you have no idea the struggle we had coming up with the cover of the book because how could we like create this idea of adventure because of course everybody thinks like camping outdoors like that's adventure but also we wanted to make it approachable so that people wouldn't be like well I'm looking at this cover and the title and there's no way this book will ever be for me so we're like okay it needs to be like a backyard camp out and oh my gosh it was it was like a lot of thought and trial and I'm not even going to lie, some tears on my part trying to come up with this cover that could capture the idea that you're talking about, the struggle, because yes, there are people who are like, outdoors is not for me. Um, but but really what I what I tried to do, and in, in chapter two of my book, I talk about it, um, this, this idea that whatever kind of mom you are, there's, um, I wrote the book for you. So if you're a mom who is a seasoned adventurer and you love adventure, you're going to find something. If you're the mom who can't stand the idea of peeing outside or sleeping outside, (laughs) um, this book is for you. If you, um, feel like going to the grocery store with your, you know, two small children is as much adventure as you can take, the book is for you. And I, I even expressed my own fears as I wrote the book. Like I don't have like this huge credential of adventure. Um, I've never gone, you know, mountain climbing. Um, I, you know, I haven't done any like cross country road trips. I, I haven't, you know, climbed, um, Mount uh, Whitney, or which is in California, or um, Mount Everest. <laughs> um, I don't have like these amazing adventure credentials, so part of me was like, "Am I qualified to write this book? Are people going to be like, whatever, Greta? You haven't lived this out." But I think that that's that is important because I want everybody who who here reads my book or listens to it to know I'm just like you, like I have the same fears. I have the same, um, feelings of inadequacy and really adventuring is not about climbing a mountain or even camping in the backyard. Adventure is just about getting outside of your everyday routine. It's about getting off of autopilot so that suddenly you're more engaged with the world around you and you're engaged with your chit, with your children. Um, that is is what adventure is. So an adventure can be totally going and staying at a hotel with your kids or camping. It can be taking a bike ride on a different route than you always take. It can be going out for, you know, donuts every week. Um, it's, it's really, again, it's not about um, like so much what you're doing. It's about how you're spending that time together and you're, you're doing something different. You're doing something um, outside of your everyday routine. It shakes you up. And that is the thing that causes you to look in each other's eyes and to really connect with one another. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the connection piece is is just as important as the adventure. And you make that really clear in your book. And I definitely felt like it was very inclusive and encouraging. In fact, just yesterday, I we were listening to your audiobook on a drive to a family hike. Um, and my husband hadn't been along with us on a on a hike. We usually go with our homeschool and mom friends and other kids, and it was just him and I, and then we had four kids with us, and we all went and the the spark was lit, if you will. And I was like, you know what? What if we tried this one with the the sign that says dangerous cliff? Um, you know, cause sometimes the parks, you know, have to exaggerate for some of us. <laughs> and to me, it would just seem terrifying. And to one of our children, it was like, we can't go that way. There's dangerous cliffs. And I was like, well, what if we just explored a little bit? Because I don't think that the cliffs, whatever that means, um, it is, close by. I think we have a little ways. And if we start to feel nervous or anything, we can turn around and come back. And my stomach was in my throat. I was like, what am I even telling her this for? Like, I feel the exact same way as her. (laughs) Why are we doing this? But my husband was with us and it had been on our bucket list. And, you know, living on an island, novelty or stepping foot on a part of the island you've never put your feet on before is really something. It's really something, especially since I've been here for so long, um, that it felt amazing. And we went and sure enough, the cliff area was closed. (laughs) Yeah, it was so good. And you know what, your encouragement is what led us to do that. And we had all the emotions and all the connection of a good adventure where we felt stretched, but safe. And yeah, so thank you for that. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that is really, um, it's, it's really powerful to walk through that with your kids because you are modeling for them. Like I understand your feelings, but I think we can, we can push forward together and we're safe because we're together and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to be by your side. And that shows our children and, and ourselves too, because like I said earlier, like We have our own fears and our own inadequacies that we feel we have. Um, It it shows all of us that we can do things that are hard or that challenge us. But when we're doing them together, we have the the support. But we also have that um, there really is a connection that comes from doing hard things together. That, that creates that relationship that, that stands the test of time because later on when much harder things come up in our lives than, than a scary or difficult hike, when those things come up, we have already established the fact that we are there for each other, we support each other, and we can do hard things together. So it's, it's a foundational piece to start creating with your kids even when they're very small. Yes. Yes, that is it for sure. And gosh, I'm going to think about that next time we go on an adventure. And then also later today, when I take your donut adventure suggestion, and we go through our local coffee drive through and get some vegan donuts and recap yesterday's cliffhanger. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Oh, I think donuts I, are always, Yeah, I think I'm so funny. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I don't know if you know anything about vegan donuts. We're not vegan, but there's something about vegan donuts. They're actually super, 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 super good. Oh, I might have to try them. I've always thought that they wouldn't be as good. So um, I'm going to give it a thought next time I go to, uh, there's a donut shop that's my favorite that has some. So you'll give, you're giving me okay. um, the opportunity to try a new adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to enable you on your donut adventures. (laughs) Well, how do we raise adventurous children with so many different personalities? You have four kids, so I'm sure you understand this concept that there seem to be four opposites when it comes to personalities. And because I have a bunch of children too, and some of them are, I would say they're mostly adventurous, but like the one from yesterday who was like, that just seems way outside of what what I was thinking, she'd be more up for the donut adventure. Um, How do you how do we balance that when we get all of our kids on a trail with a bunch of other people? And there are like, well, as many as we're allowed to have. So let's say we have 10 different personalities on the trail. How do you you balance that kind of adventure and personality differences? Well, um, I think that it's it's a great learning opportunity for starters, because, for example, um, my kids are all, for whatever reason, I, I have four kids that are, they're all pretty much up for an adventure. Like they're, they're not very nervous. Um, I have a couple that are more like thoughtfully cautious, but they're still like, mm. you know, they're going to say, climbing to the top of that tree, make sure you're holding on, <laughs> you know, but they're still going to be like, you can climb to the top of the tree. It's okay. Um, so, but, but when we've adventured with other people who maybe have more, um, like concern or even anxiety, I always tell my kids, well, instead of us, you know, pressing on and disregarding their feelings, this is an opportunity for us to acknowledge what they're feeling and to show them love and compassion and kindness. And, and sometimes that means we have to change our adventure like this. We would choose to do this, um, but they're feeling scared or they're feeling anxious. How can we, um, how can we help them through that? And so if that's happening, like in your own family, it doesn't mean that every time you like capitulate to the, the one child who's having struggle, um, but it also doesn't mean you disregard them every time. So maybe that means with each new adventure, you slowly build up the, the more anxious child's tolerance, or they have the option to stay close to you while the ones that feel um, more um, free to roam, they have the freedom to go ahead. So it requires a lot of flexibility on the part of the parent to, uh, to be to listen to their kids' needs and to honor their kids' needs. And not just, again, not just the child who is anxious or who's struggling with adventure, but also to honor the needs of the kid who's more adventurous and is like, I want to go. Like, I want to be free. I want to explore. How do you honor that kid's needs? Sometimes we forget about that. And I think it's really important. I have one son who, um, you know, he loves speaking of climbing trees, he loves to climb trees, like really tall, tall trees. One of his favorite hikes is one that ends in a small redwood grove. 
and the trees there. It's a young redwood grove. And in Southern California, where I live, <clears throat> redwoods don't grow as tall as they do in Northern California because they need a lot of moisture and we don't have as much here. But the trees are still really tall. <laughs> um, and he loved to climb to the top of these trees. And, you know, the first time he started going up and I saw how high he was, I wanted to call him back. But there's this amazing little um, section of a Charlotte Mason book, and I can't remember which one it is. And she talks about how important it is to let kids climb trees. Literally, she writes Mm -hmm. about it being good for them. And then learning how to, um, like learning to understand their body's limitations, learning how to listen to their, to their fear and work through it, learning to, um, to be cautious and careful and examine which branch to go to. So instead of saying, don't climb any higher, it's dangerous to allow them in the situation to figure out what's best to go up or to go down and to, to be able to navigate it safely. And it's actually really a good experience for them to have. And I think that's a way that you can honor your kid who is the more adventurous child and to give them experiences that gives them some freedom to explore and to push boundaries when they need it. And, and the child who is not there yet or who might never be because there's every, we all have different levels of what we enjoy doing. They have the freedom to, to stay down on the ground and to look up and um, to be where they feel safer next to you. And I think those are some of the ways that you could handle having kids who have different personalities and different levels of enjoyment with adventure. So good. So good. It really does come back to the original notion of connection first and honoring that and making room for that. And then also the importance of flexibility. You know, as much as this is a book about adventuring, I also think that this is a book about parenting and it's just brilliant. Flexibility, I think, is such a huge part of of parenting. I really love the idea of teaching my kids to be flexible because I have found, as I'm sure you, you have in every adult listening, like as we are parents and we go through adulthood, if we're inflexible, if we're rigid and a storm comes, then we'll just be broken. But if we can bend with the wind, it's, it's so helpful to not be broken by the storms. And if we can start teaching our kids how to do that from the time they're little, um, I think we're really giving them a wonderful tool to manage life. And, and (laughs) when we're out adventuring, it's a great way to learn flexibility because we're out of control. Like, like we're not in, we're not out of control. Like things are out of control, but we're not entirely in control because, because things happen and, and misadventures happen. But when we learn how to walk through those misadventures to bend when the misadventures happen, instead of being broken by them, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life skill. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I think that a lot of adventure involves us um, unplugging and getting rid of our distractions, um, whether that be our phones or television or tablets or anything like that. So I was hoping you could maybe give us some talk with us about unplugging and help us kind of understand why that's important and how we can do that when we live in such a digital age. 
Well, that's one of the reasons that I love hiking so much with my kids, because a lot of the places we hike, there's um, no cell service. (laughs) And even though my kids don't have cell phones, and I have, my kids are 16, 14, 12, and nine, and none of them have cell phones. My two older boys have um, iPods, which work differently than cell phones because they are only connected to Wi-Fi. So they really can only use them at home Um, or if they're, you know, like at their grandparents' house where they can connect to the Wi-Fi, but they don't have um, Safari on them. They only use their iPods for um, like listening to books, taking pictures, listening to music. Um, So even though they're not like on their cell phone when we're out hiking, um, it's, I think it's good for none of us, myself included to, you know, be online and it's, it's really a good way to just have that break. And, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, I'm still taking pictures the whole time, but it's just, it's just different. It's a different experience when you can get away from that digital connection. And I also think that when we get away from, you know, devices like video games or playing on a tablet, um, whatever those things are that we so easily engage with when we're at home, when we're out and away from those, we are more connected with each other. And we remember, oh, real life connection is actually better than a digital connection. Um, Real life connection, being with people, doing real things is more fun than playing a video game or um, scrolling the internet. And, and so uh, I think it's it's important to have that reminder, especially for our kids, because they are growing up in a world where everybody connects online or through a screen. And um, I think it's also really valuable for parents to remember that our temptation is to say, get off the screen. And like, that's it. That's that's, that's all we say. Like we're tired of seeing them on screen. So we just say, you need to get off. You need to, you know, go do something, go do something real. But if we don't actually do something real with them, if we don't give them something to do, then, then what is their motivation to get off of the screen? If we have to make it appealing and, and that's where adventures, because we, we are saying, I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to show you all the wonderful things that there are to do in life away from a screen. I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to be off my screen. You're going to be off my screen. I'm going to help you because it might be really hard for you to come up with something to do on your own because you're a child and you, this is the world, you know, and screens are so attractive. I mean, we know that ourselves as adults, but even more so for kids. And so we have to really offer them a a good alternative to make being off screens something that, that is enticing and that they want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by providing those opportunities and being present, I really feel like being present is a chance to, for us to off honor the opportunity for a break from all of this. And I've noticed that my 
uh, phone habits, if you will, or my distractedness on the trails um, just becomes easier um, to manage with practice. So the more hikes we go on, the more beach days we have, the more I realize I'm leaving my phone to the side more and more and more and more and more, not answering those emails. They can wait, even if they're work emails, and just being present in the moment because I could work all the time all the time. And I'd probably happily work all the time too, but I'd miss my kids. And so I try to be present, like be present for this interview. And then I'll go be present with them after and just kind of time blocking and honoring that space that I've set aside for each thing that I'm interested in and want to get done or need to get done. And I think that you really touched on something. I have an episode um, coming up about distraction and how I think that what a lot of that distraction comes down to is consuming versus creating. And if we are distracted and on our phones in the middle of an adventure, that is us consuming information rather than being an active participant in creating and adding to and enhancing the adventure that we're supposed to be in the middle of. And I think that's where the danger of distraction really comes in. And and it, and it plays out that way. If you are hiking is just such an awesome, easy example to use. But if you're out on that hike, and you're consuming information rather than creating, you're you're missing out on that break and that opportunity to be present and connect with your kids. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I I have to admit in this area, like, um, I just, I was surprised um, at my own uh, need to, to step away. Um, from, you know, like Mm. social media and technology. I just took my kids camping, just the kids and I. And of course, I've been doing a lot more with uh, my phone and my computer for the last couple months as my book has um, been launched and, and doing marketing and phone calls and podcasts and writing and social media posts. Like it's been, um, much more than ever before. But I, I wasn't even fully aware of how um, tired I was from all of it until we went camping and we were in the forest and there was no cell service. And it was like, wow, I needed this break. And I wasn't even aware. And I mean, I spent a lot of time talking about you know, keeping kids safe online. And um, I'm fully aware of the, the level of distraction that exists. And, and um, yet, <laughs> I wasn't even fully aware of it happening to myself. And so I think the same can be said for our kids is they're not going to be fully aware. And so as parents, we need to, we need to provide those opportunities where all of us can step away from um from our, our screens and to just have, you know, real life experiences and just engage with the world and engage with each other. It, it's really important. 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I feel the same. I knew what you were saying. I know what you're saying. There are seasons of my work that I do that require me to be on my phone a lot, or just having it around as like the catch all device for emails and photos and, and posts and connecting with others and phone calls and podcasts and, 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 and there's no shame in recognizing that there are seasons that are going to be busier. Um, you should promote your amazing book. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's part of the work that, that you do and part of the work that we do and, and just knowing that it's okay to unplug or they're, you know, figuring that out and observing. It sounds like you're really observing yourself and, and showing some self-awareness on this trip and honoring the gift of that time away. Um, while also balancing, um, the work that needs to be done. So it is just this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And your seasons aren't going to look the same as mine and, or any moms. And I think that that's okay. And I think it's a really beautiful example of giving ourselves permission to self-reflect and be aware of our phone use or online presence and things like that with, um, connecting and unplugging and all of that really no shame, just awareness and examples. Yeah, it was really special to be able to say, I mean, because it was the week after my book launched when, you know, I, I like, in a, from a marketing standpoint, it would be like, ideal to just be online and engaged. But I just had such a strong sense that I needed to just go do what my book was about and adventure with my kids. Yeah. And it was so beautiful to say, Hey guys, uh, all of my friends online, I'm stepping away for a couple days and um, I'm just going to be engaged with my kids. And, and everyone was like, yes, of course do it. And, and it was so good for, um, it was so good to put into practice what I had been talking about for such a long time. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. That was so very genuine of you. I love that. I love that. Well, I do have one more question uh, related to your book um, about adventuring with small kids because my kids are currently six, five, and three. Plus, there is a two-year-old um, hanging out with us most days too. What are some adventure suggestions for moms like me who have four kids ages six and under? Oh gosh, I totally remember. Um, <clears throat> I remember those days so vividly. And um, so I would start by saying um, you need to just straight off recognize it's a lot of work. Um, and that's the reality. And I think acknowledging that instead of trying to pretend like, um, like, or to say to yourself, or beat yourself up like this shouldn't be so hard or you know why is this why am I sweaty why is everybody crying why um am I uncomfortable why am I to say, to say like this is a lot of work um and and mm. acknowledge it because adventuring with little kids is a lot of work and um once you sort of have acknowledged that accepted it then you can move forward and say okay, it's a lot of work. Um, and it's totally understandable that I'm tired or, um, everyone's crying, but we are still going to do this because the end reward is worth it. The end reward of today when we finish the hike is worth it. And the end reward in 10 years 
when we're still doing this together because we created a solid foundation is going to be worth it. So I think having those two um, ideas firmly understood is, is where you start emotionally and mentally. And then in the practical, I think there are some things you can do. Um, we started by going to places that were like nature centers where the, there were paths that were clearly defined and where we felt, um, you know, we felt safe. We didn't have to worry about, you know, mountain lions coming and getting us or anything like that. Um, oh, wow. Nature centers are a great place to start. There's usually listen to ask questions. <laughs> um, yeah, I do talk in my book. I which maybe I'm laughing about where I thought I saw a mountain lion. It was a coyote. Um, that was not a nature center. I yeah. jumped right into like this wild. Moment. It was a little overwhelming for me. So then I switched to nature centers as we got our footing and, and we began to be comfortable outside and on the trail. Um, starting with, and, and hiking with friends is another real practical way to um, help because then you have another adult with you, your kids have friends, and I fully believe connection is still happening when other people are there. Um, it doesn't always have to be just you and your kids because you are still connecting with your kids. You're still developing relationships and you're developing relationships with your children's friends, which is so valuable for the rest of their life. Um, and you're developing relationships with your friends, which is also so important. It's so important in our journey as moms. So inviting another mom or several other moms helps. You have that camaraderie. You can help each other out. Somebody can hold the baby while you take somebody else to the bathroom. Because I vividly recall trying to take, you know, take a toddler to the bathroom with a baby strapped onto me and you're in that tiny little stall and uh, it's tough. Uh, So have backup, have you. Um, good snacks, always critical. Um, I, I think that if you have like a special snack, that's a treat that your kids know they get when they hike or, um, everybody gets to pick one favorite snack that you bring lunches that are easy. My favorite lunch to take is a, a baguette and some salami or turkey and some cheese. I don't have to make the sandwiches ahead of time. Because sometimes packing lunches ahead of time is too much for me, <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. it would, it's, it's stressful. It's like, oh my gosh, lunches, right? Um, or the the sandwiches get soggy, and um, so if I can have a baguette and cheese, and like you know, throw the cheese and the the sandwich meat in a little you know container and put that in my backpack in a small cooler bag, and the baguettes, you know in the back of my backpack, all I have to do to make somebody a sandwich is rip off a hunk of bread, put some meat and cheese in there. Done. It's the easiest lunch. It feels special because it's a baguette instead of regular bread. And, um, those are just like simple things that I have done over the years to make getting outside and getting out the door, whether we're going to a museum or we're going on a trail, whatever it is, but to get out the door, easier. Yes, yes to everything you said about adventuring with little kids. Thank you for all of those tips. I love the baguette one especially. And 
something that you said in your book really struck me. Um, and that was this whole family notion, this family value of this will make a good story later. That to me was a pivotal moment in your book. Um, and actually, it was a point that was brought up while we were listening as a family, which by the way, your book is for like all ages, especially the audiobook, because my kids were so enthralled by your stories, they wanted to know what was going to happen next as much as I did. And so they were listening in to the stories that you shared, and they were so interested in it. And especially when you went to the park and had the French fries and the hot chocolate at the fancy hotel, and I, all of a sudden, I wanted to do that. And they wanted to do that. And and, and you proved to us your point that this will make a good story later. And I was talking with my husband about it because there's another concept that a mom had shared with me at one point, which is she constantly tells her kids you were made for hard things. And really, those two ideas, wow. I was telling my husband, Chris, I said, I think that that's it, honey. I think that those two notions could lead our everyday and reframe difficult mo any pretty much any difficult moment that we were made for hard things and this will make a good story later. Yeah, I it really is helpful because it gets you out of the moment and sometimes we can be so bogged down in the difficulty of the moment that we can't see beyond it. And um I really try to have uh a vision beyond the now, um, whether that's, you know, in parenting, like how do I want to have my relationship be with my kids in, you know, 20 or 30 years, or it's just in the everyday, like, like, you know, like I said, the moment when I'm standing in the bathroom with my, you know, baby strapped to my chest and a toddler who he needs to go to the bathroom and it's tiny and it's like, 95 degrees and I'm sweating and, um, uncomfortable and, you know, I, I need to see beyond that moment that I'm in. And I remember that exact moment I was with a friend and she also had a baby strapped to her, um, her back and she was helping her toddler daughter go to the bathroom. And we, we just, we were both crammed in this tiny little bathroom and sweat is pouring off us and we're, we're so uncomfortable and, um, also like kind of frustrated with how difficult it felt. But I looked at her and I said, in like 10 years or probably even five years, we're going to look back and we're going to remember this moment and we're going to laugh because we've, we've, we will have come so far and we're going to be like, that was really hard, but we did it. And literally in the years since that moment, we have said to each other, remember that time in the bathroom when Joe and Davey were so little and they were strapped to us and we were helping Lily and Ella Jane, you know, go to the bathroom and it was so hard. And now like our kids are just running ahead of us on the trail and we're just walking next to each other, just having a nice chat. Like remember how hard it was and, and look at how far we've come. It's, it's so helpful to step outside of the moment and, and to be able to say, this is going to make a great story later because otherwise I know I can get defeated in the moment or bogged down or frustrated or angry or sad or whatever it is. And, um, it's just a really great, simple way for the whole family to be able to 
look outside and look beyond the now. Mm, So good. Thanks, Greta. That's awesome. I mean, and your book is just one of the things that you offer to parents and families, because you also have clubs that you teach other people about how to start and get started your adventure clubs and book clubs. Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit about those passion projects? Oh, sure. Um, I've loved clubs ever since I was a little girl. (laughs) I remember when I was a kid, I tried to start a seashell club, stamp club, uh, a book club, and um, none of them really took off the way I wanted to. So it's amazing to have them now um, as an adult and to get to do these clubs with my own kids. So our adventure club is the group that we adventure with weekly. Um, We started together when my oldest was five. So this year we'll be starting our um, 12th year together. And we adventure together every week. It's a group of moms and kids. And um, we do a lot of hiking, but we also do things like museum trips. We've gone camping together. We, um, we take, you know, we've taken classes together or field trips that are like tours. So lots of things. But basically the whole point is every week we go out and we go on an adventure together. And in my book, I have some, um, some like guides to kind of help you figure out how to create an adventure club of your own. Our group, we all homeschool. So we're able to do it during the week. And um, it's one whole day of our school of our school week that we set aside to this because we think it's so valuable. It's such an um, important part of our learning experience. But in my book, I offer suggestions if you can't do that in your school day. Um, Cause even some homeschoolers are like, well, I, I just don't have the time to, to do that. So I offer suggestions of how you could create an adventure club to, to meet on the weekends or once a month and um, how to do that with other families. And it's, it's been probably one of the greatest joys of my life to be a part of this group and to have that connection that way. Um, the other one that we talk about is book club and our book club is part of our adventure club, but you don't have to do it that way. It's just worked out that way for us. So I also have a whole separate section to talk about how to create a book club for your kids, because I think adventuring through books is a phenomenal way to, um, to adventure and to build connection because books are great connectors. So, um, our book club, the way we run it, is we read four books a year. So once a season, we're reading a book and everybody is reading, every family is reading the same book. Um, But of course, we all read it on our own um, at home or listen to audiobooks in the car, whatever. And then we come together when we finish the book and we have a celebration and we, our kids sometimes dress up as characters from the book. Um, We have food that we've all created from the book we have a discussion. So we, we sit and talk about all kinds of things that um, we've encountered as we've read. The whole group is discussing. So some of the the questions and the comments are coming from six-year-olds and they're very basic. And then there's 16-year-olds and they're having a much more in-depth conversation, but it's happening together and it's a beautiful way for them to connect with each other and to connect with the book. So I have a a whole section where I talk about how you can create a book club for your kids at any age 
And, um, you know, whether it's little kids or big kids or a combination. And I'm part of a book club for moms. And um, I, you know, I think that that's a great thing to do as well. Mm, I agree. Thank you for that. I actually really liked the suggestions in your book because the details that you include made sense. Um, because you're like, here's this idea. Here's how you can do it. Here's some details you might want to think about. And it was just so doable. I think that that is just kind of your book in general, though, is just very doable and inspiring and it's reflective and yet motivating. You know, it gets you to be really self aware. And at the same time, you're like, you know what? We're going to move forward with some adventures. Like, let's do this. In fact, I'm, I'm still hung up on the donut one that's happening today, by the way. <laughs> Well, you show up so intentionally on social media too, especially on Instagram, your squares are really inspiring. The information that you share is super cool and motivating and doable too. you know, your message of connection and encouragement for families really comes through. I'd love for you to talk with us a little bit about the homeschool support and resources you offer on social media and why you feel it's important to show up in that way to support other families. Well, I, I think it actually goes back to what I said earlier is that I am relational. Um, I value relationships, even if it's a relationship that's happening online. Um, if I can offer um, support and a, a connection for uh, a mom who's struggling or who feels lonely or feels inadequate or um unsure in her journey. And if I can offer her support and encouragement and some practical help, then I want to do that. And I think that's, that's just, that's just at the heart of what I love to do. I love people and I love helping people and I love encouraging them. And so I guess that's, that's what I aim to do on Instagram. Uh, When I started Instagram, I had really no idea what it was. A friend just said, I think you'd love this. You should do it. And, um, I was like, okay, that sounds fun. (laughs) And, um, I love to write. So it was a natural place for me to write. But like I said, I love to connect with people and I love to help and encourage. And so that's sort of what it's grown to be. I love that because that's a really powerful example for us to hear of, of what can happen when you align your actions with your values. It really does end up being just this glorious, um, thing because you said you value relationships and then you, you do it, you do it, you show up and encourage us to show up too. And it's just, it's really awesome. I like your Instagram. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Okay, thanks. I like it too. It's a fun place to be. It really is. And uh, it doesn't be filled with pressure to, to be a certain way or to make things look a certain way. I think just, just be you and, and enjoy it find joy in it. And if it's, if it's not joyful, take out the things that aren't joyful and, and make it find that joy again. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. You also have a beautiful blog that I will link to in the show notes as well. And I'm wondering if there's anything on the blog that you'd want to share that could help new homeschool families or just moms in general, like what, what do you think might be of interest to them on your blog? Well, uh, um, I don't blog as often as I'd like to, but I do have Same. some great posts for um, for anybody who's homeschooling, whether they're just starting or they've been doing it for a while. Um, so 
I have like some tags, like if you were to tag homeschooling or adventure, you'd pull up some posts. Like I have one called, um, learning to love nature through literature. It's one of my favorite blog posts. And, um, I talk about, you know, growing up as a kid, having this, this hunger for nature and due to, you know, financial constraints and my mom's physical limitations, not being able to experience nature as much as I wanted to, um, physically, but we did a lot through books. And, um, then, now, as, as a mom who is able to go out into nature a lot more with her kids, I'm still experiencing nature through books because um, it is such a powerful way to do it. And I include a book list of, of books that are filled with nature. They make great book club books or read alouds with you and your kids. I talk about nature journaling through books. So there are a lot. I try to make posts like that that are practical that um, you could read and, and instead of feeling like, Oh my gosh, this is one more thing on my to-do list. You could say, Oh, this is something that I can actually, um, do with my kids. And I, I always hope that people will read my writing or hear me speak and, and kind of breathe a sigh of relief and to feel like, um, oh, okay. Like I don't feel stressed out by this one more thing I have to do. Instead, I feel like, this is something I can do. And, and these are the tools now at my disposal. And, and so those are the kind of articles I try to put on my blog. And there's quite a few of them. If you look under the homeschooling tag, you'll find quite a few that I think would be helpful for you. Greta, thank you so much for all of this information and taking the time to write your glorious book. Cause because I think that it's not just for homeschool families. I think it's for all parents. And you highlight a lot of the needs of modern parents and children. And then also our wants too, that we want more connection and we want more adventure. And sometimes we get a little distracted and we're not sure how to get there exactly. But you walk us through in such a gentle way. That's super motivating. I really can't thank you enough for your book and especially for taking the time to talk with me and my listeners about it and all of the wonderful ways that you show up and support other families. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your insights. I really appreciate you, Greta. Oh, thank you. It's, it was wonderful to talk to you. I feel like we could have talked a lot longer, but I suppose we both have to go be with our kids or something. (laughs) (laughs) There's four kids and husbands waiting today. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration, or maybe a little of both. If you liked today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.